All right, we ready? Yeah. Yeah. Stop squeaking. <laughs> Stop laughing. <laughs> And welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco. I'm here with my co-host, Walker Kelly and Mike Valverde. Uh, folks, raise your hand if your favorite team knocked their uh, division rival out of the playoffs last week. Walker, Walker, raise your hand. <laughs> raise your hand if uh, you are a top 10 team in the NFL, but you didn't make the playoffs. Sorry, Walker. That's me. That's, that's, that's also, my team. That's also the Lions. Bright future for the Lions and Mike. Also, the Colts exist. They do. They do. That's news they, to me. They are a football team in the National Football League. Uh, so are the San Francisco 49ers. My team, they are playing in the playoffs, which we'll talk about this week. See how that all came around? It's, nice. called, a, it's called a transition, folks. All right. So this week is the wildcard weekend. There are six games for us to go over. We are going to be go over, going over them game by game. Um, we are going to say who wins in a particular matchup in the game. We have two of those per game, and that's how we will preview them. We will finish this out by making a DFS lineup, but I'm putting my foot down now. Travis Etienne will be in that lineup. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. The Chargers are bad against the run. They stink! All right. <laughs> They're terrible. So, let's get into it. No asking how you're doing. Mike, how are you? I'm just squeaking Don't by. care! Like, I'm just go. squeaking by. So. Mike squeaking by, much like the Golden State Warriors. Walker, how are you? Oh, I'm great. Don't you care know. either. Let's go. Okay. Uh, let's start with Seattle, seventh seed at San Francisco, the two seeds. Seattle is nine and eight. Seattle finished the year 13 and four, 42 and a half point over under. San Francisco, 10 point favorites. Uh, Niners started the season in a monsoon and they're going to end the Seahawks season in a monsoon. Uh, weather is going to be nasty for this one. Mike, can you attest to that? Yes, I can attest to it. I'm looking outside my window right now and it's not looking good at all. It's gross and it's going to get grosser. Um, I will be at this game. Uh, this will be my second horrible weather game. Uh, the last time that happened, uh, Kyle Williams fumbled a, a, a kickoff or a punt in the uh, in the playoffs, and the Niners lost. That was the last terrible playoff weather game that I went to. So, all right, in the playoffs, I said that. Playoffs. Playoffs. All right, for the Niners, there are no injuries. I was uh, pontificating because I said, this can't be right. There can't be no injuries. There are no injuries for the Niners. For the Seahawks, uh, Noah Fant has been dealing with a knee issue, and he is off the injury report. DJ Dallas is questionable with an ankle and quad injury. Ken Walker is not on the final injury report. Um, D. Eskridge is designated to return from IR, which they had Ooh. to activate him today. So I don't know what, what the plan was there. Uh, oh, I guess they have to activate him tomorrow. So they have to activate him tomorrow. And those are the only injuries for the Seahawks. So my question for this game is who wins the Seattle secondary or Brock Purdy? Brock Purdy on an incredible run. Uh, if you count the game where he came in for Jimmy Garoppolo, who left after four snaps, he is averaging 220 passing yards and two touchdowns per game. Feels like a lot more passing yards, but it's really they're running a lot. And then Brock Purdy scores multiple touchdowns. The Seattle Seahawks, on the other hand, 
Uh, they are allowing, sorry, my cat is getting in my way. They are allowing uh, 7 point yard, 7.1 yards per attempt, the 13th highest in the league, tied with the, Mike, can you guess who they're tied with? Uh, the Colts. The Colts! Um, so, um, who wins in this matchup? Brock Purdy or the Seattle secondary led by Tariq Woolen, who is the best player in their secondary? Um, I think on this one I will go with a a slight win for the Seattle secondary. I I think that the Seattle secondary is the best part of their defense. Purdy in his first playoff game, I would expect some growing pains. Uh, I don't expect him to be comfortable early. I think he'll probably turn the ball over at least once. Um, none of this will actually matter for the end result of the game, but I don't think he'll play particularly well. It's just not going to matter. Okay. Mike? Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I mean, we're contrasting defense between their defensive line and their secondary. Secondary uh, is much better um, than their than their defensive line against, especially against rushing, where they're 26 or lower in the league. Um, but in the passing t- section, they're you know they're middle uh, or even better. So it's going to be a tough matchup for Brock Purdy, but. He's he's very safe with the ball, doesn't take too many chances. So I'm going to go with Brock Purdy on this. Brock Purdy. I'm going to go uh, Brock Purdy is going to win because um, the defense is, well, I'm sorry, the offense is predicated on short passes, which uh, will make it a lot easier for Brock Purdy to um, just kind of dink and dunk and tear apart the Seattle defense. Uh, the Niners crushed Seattle the first time they played uh, and they won handedly the second time they played. Um, so I think it's going to be more of the same. Interesting point I heard today. Uh, Pete Carroll is going to be the first coach to play Brock Purdy a second time. So we will see what adjustments they make on defense um, to see if Brock Purdy can be stopped. The man's a monster. Can he be stopped? Uh, I think the Seattle secondary would be up to the task. Um so real quick, uh, just so while we're on the topic, Tariq Woolen, uh, he was the second lowest targeted defender in the NFL, and he had the sixth highest rate of pass breakups. One in four passes that went Tariq Woolen's way were broken up. Wow. Yeah. So uh, he will have or the Brock Purdy will have his work cut out for him going up against Tariq Woolen. Um, but. Somebody else will also have their work cut out for him. Because here's my other question. Who wins? The 49ers run defense or Ken Walker? So real quick, just want to give a couple stats. Uh, The 49ers have one player in their front seven inside the top 145 in uh, missed tackle rate. I'm sorry, front seven plus safeties. And that's Aziz Alshair, who is 116th among all defensive players in missed tackle rate. Uh, Kenneth uh, Walker it allows, sorry, averages the seventh most yards after contact per rush. So uh, he is a very good rusher, but to get after contact, you have to break the tackles. So who wins, Kenneth Walker or the 49ers run defense? Uh, I will go with the 49ers run defense in this one. Um, I think that Walker has been good this season, certainly. He is a bit of a boom-bust type runner. Um, He will gain two or three yards fairly often and then rip off a 15 or 20-yard gain. 
and that leads to like you know high fours, low fives in terms of yards per carry. I just don't think this 49ers defense is one that's going to allow those big chunk plays very often. Maybe once or twice he gets loose, but I would expect something in the you know maybe just under four yards a carry range for Kenneth Walker or Ken Walker. I think that Seattle will probably try to get him quite a bit involved, so I expect 15 to 20 carries, but probably something in the 60 yard range for for Walker. So I. I think he'll be fine, but I think the Niners' run defense will do plenty enough to to keep Seattle from establishing the run. All right, yeah, Mike, who wins? Oh, okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of teams don't even run and um, rush against uh, the 49ers. They're they're first um, number one in the league in attempts, second against yards, and then um, second in yards attempts. And they only give up eight, their eighth in touchdowns as well. So all those are like the best numbers in football. They, but on the flip side, they pass a lot. So Kenny Walker, who, who we know is an average pass catcher, I don't like that. And especially against this run defense of the 49ers, forget about it. Um, I'm taking the 49ers rush defense. You heard it here first. Mike has upgraded uh, Ken Walker from uh, bad to an average pass catcher. Average. That, Ladies that's and gentlemen, a, that is best. we got him. We did it. <laughs> we did it, folks. All right. Um, so uh, the 49ers, 10-point uh, favorites in this one. I think that is, they will – the Seahawks will cover, but I think the 49ers will win comfortably. Yeah. I, I actually almost want Seattle here. I'm, I'm very tempted. If, Hold on. Uh, Hold on. How do I kick Mike off the Skype? <laughs> I'm very tempted. <laughs> there we go. Like... I just I muted him. We won't hear <laughs> any more of that. Mike <laughs> <laughs> is making an extremely passionate point on mute right now. I do not know how to unmute Mike. Mike, I think you have to unmute oh. yourself. <laughs> I broke my, I broke the Skype call. There we there go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh so yeah. Um Walker, you also have the Niners winning. Yes, uh, I think that they are better at football than the. They, sorry, they are much better at football than the Seattle Seahawks. Some might say some people, not me. Some people are saying they are the best team in the National Football League. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that either. I'm just saying uh, you're hearing it more and more. I, I've I'm heard saying. it. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're hearing it more and more is what I'm. If saying. I had if I had to bet anything on this game, I'm not touching the line, but I would bet the under. 42 and a yeah. half. This is this is going to be weather's going to be rough. And uh I have a feeling it's going to be a game where there's like 65 combined rushes. So, uh interesting stat I heard today on the Around the NFL podcast that I was listening to on my drive home. Uh one player or one running back has over 100 scrimmage yards against the 49ers this year. Can you guess who it is? Uh one running back. <laughs> um Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Hell yeah, let's do that. You guys are going with Clyde Edwards-Alaire? Sure. It was Christian McCaffrey. Oh. Oh, that's interesting. (laughs) And then they said, give me that. They were like, give me that. No more of that. He's going to us. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was pretty good. Um, All right, let's move on to the next game. Saturday night, 515 Pacific. Uh, Chargers, uh, the fifth seed traveled to Jacksonville. The fourth seed Chargers were 10 and seven in the regular season. Jacksonville nine and eight, 47 and a half point over under Chargers one, um, one point favorites. 
Uh, injuries in this one. We'll start with Jacksonville. Jamal Agnew is questionable with a shoulder injury. Riley Patterson has been removed from the injury report. So, whew, I mean, you can't just go out and find a kicker on the street. I mean, we're, we're really lucky there. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is questionable with the toe injury, but that's been true the last month and a half. He will be fine and he will play. Uh, for the Chargers, so the big question for uh, L.A., there's two. Mike Williams, he will travel with the team and has a, quote, genuine chance to suit up on Saturday, which is exactly what you want to hear when he hurt himself in a meaningless game for the Chargers. <laughs> yeah, uh, Brandon Staley, very good at managing a team. Smart man. Uh, you know, all right, he, might, he might be, but he sure didn't make a smart decision last week. Yeah. Um, Brandon what is Staley, it with him in last games of the season? I mean, he calls a timeout la- uh, two years ago against the Raiders. Oh yeah, huh? They were the Raiders started to play for the tie, and then he was like, "None of that." And yeah, none of that. We don't want that. And then he plays Mike Williams for no reason. Yep. Yeah, gotta He's love doing it. Great. You're doing amazing, sweetie. Um, all right. Uh, Rashawn Slater designated to return from IR. Um, this report actually explains the thing why I had a question about the previous one, which is this was the last chance they had to activate people from IR. So mm-hmm. if they want them at any point during the playoffs, they got to designate them to return right now. Gotcha. Uh, Joey Bosa left the game last week, and I've seen no updates on Joey Bosa. So once again, Brandon Staley, you are doing great, my guy. Uh, this is a Patreon, so I will censor myself to quote uh, the rehearsal. You are a bleeping disaster, my guy. Um, <laughs> all right, Walker, let's get going. Who is your first question for who wins? Uh, Travis Etienne or the Chargers run defense? Uh, I'll start. Uh, let's yeah. see. Travis Etienne uh, was one of the most efficient runners in the NFL this year. He was mm-hmm. eighth in yards per uh, touch. Mm-hmm. Um which is somehow better than yards per carry. I don't know, but it works. People say that it, that it, it's better. Um, and in yards per carry, he was, this is a mess. Uh, he was 18th, but um, so much of the, so many of these guys ahead of him only had like 50, 60 carries. Uh, also, the Chargers suck out loud against running backs. Uh, they allow 5.6 yards per carry, which to contrast, the 49ers allow 3.3. Uh, the second place team, uh, the Giants allow 5.2 yards per carry. Um, it is going to be a nightmare for the Chargers. It will be Travis Etienne show all over the place. Yeah, it's almost like Doug Peterson has been setting this up the last month of the season by just throwing nonstop. And now he's just going to show up and run the ball 25 times, you know, right up the middle and gain six yards a carry. Yeah, it's going to be insane. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, they they're fifteenth um, as far as attempts go, so middle of the road. Um, I, I guess a lot of teams um, really, of course, like to run against them. And but the really transitioning effect is, so they're middle of the road and fifteenth, giving up fifteen fifteenth um, in the league in attempts, but twenty eighth in yards. So teams w- are just maximizing those attempts, as Jeff was po- um, pointing out. And that yards per uh, yards per average is 32nd, so dead last. Um, 21st in touchdowns allowed, 28th in yards. This team is just really, really bad. So I, I think James Hasty and Travis E. Who? Uh, Hasty and um, Jermichael? Jermichael. Jermichael Hasty, not James. James um, Hasty. 
Yeah. You heard of this? <laughs> just like, I'm not sure about that first name. I'm just going to go with the last name. Uh, I, like, I was like, who? And Mike was like, hasty. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm hes- hesitant with that hasty. Uh, yeah, don't get too hasty, Mike. Folks, you heard it here first. <laughs> so, yeah, both running backs should have a real, really good day. Yeah, um, I agree. Walker, what are your thoughts on your own question? Uh, yeah, I also agree. Travis Etienne should tear up this run defense. Sweet. All right, what is your next question? Who wins the Chargers offensive line or the Jaguars pass rushers? Uh, are the Chargers pass? Or, or, I'm sorry, is the Chargers offensive line good or bad? I honestly do not know. I mean, it's not. I wouldn't say it's bad, but it's not great. I mean. I don't think Rashawn Slater is going to be playing in this game. Uh, mm-hmm. It's probably going to be Jamari Salyer at left tackle, who's been fine this season. Honestly, he's been better than you'd expect for a rookie who is like, I think a day three pick, um, but he's no Rashawn Slater. You know, he's, he's okay. So I would expect that they will try to attack him. Um, I think on the other side is Trey Pipkins, maybe Trey Pipkins. What a name. Uh, it's, yeah, their, their offensive line on the interior, I would say it's good because they have, uh, Corey Lindsley and Zion Johnson, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I think up the middle they'll hold up cause I don't think Jacksonville has, they, they have a lot of good run stopping defensive tackles, but they don't really have pass rushers at D tackle. Um, their best pass rusher at, at the interior is probably Roy Robertson Harris, and he's a guy. So I I think Josh Allen will get some pressure. I think Trayvon Walker will have his moments. But I think the Chargers O-line can hold up enough that they will score a lot more than the 10 points they scored in the previous matchup between these two teams. Okay. Uh, Mike, what do you think? I, uh, Walker had a great breakdown. <laughs> yeah, the, the Chargers are 17th. Um, and sacks allowed, so they're middle of the road there. Uh, I, I think it's going to be an interesting battle for sure, especially with the the way that uh, Jacksonville can get after um, the passer. So we'll we'll see what holds up. But I th- I'm going to go Jacksonville with the win here. Yeah, I'm going to go with Jacksonville as well. Um, the Chargers' offensive line, I think Walker put it best, is just okay. Um, I think the only thing that would stop the Jacksonville um, defensive line and pass rushers from really getting after Justin Herbert would be uh, the man who is terrible at his job, Joe Lombardi. He loves to scheme up quick passes. He doesn't let Justin Herbert throw downfields. That could be the only thing uh, that could help. Um, you know, it's about half the time Justin Herbert, who's a big arm quarterback, is uh, doing a short drop, a three or five step drop. And that's. <clears throat> uh eighth highest in the league justin herbert it's like come on man what are you doing why why are you setting up for short drops um so i think that the chargers uh will get eaten up a little bit by the jacksonville jaguars defense um yeah i think that it's it's pretty straightforward i think the chargers offensive line will struggle easy peasy um who do we think wins this matchup i got the Jacksonville, Jacksonville, Jacks of Wars. I also have the Jaguars. I'm going Chargers this week. The Chargers? Chargers. All right. Uh, 
let's get this game out of the way because this game is going to be a nightmare. Oh, uh, so bad. This one's going to be a blowout. 10 a.m. game on Sunday. Miami, 9-8. and eight. Uh, The seventh seed travels to Buffalo, who is 13-3. and three. Uh, No, I did not get that number wrong. They canceled the DeMar Hamlin game. So uh, the, the Bengals and the Buffalo Bills only have 16 games. Uh, 46.5 point over under. Buffalo, 9.5 point favorites. Uh, injuries for Miami. Jalen Waddle was limited in Thursday's practice, but is likely to play this weekend. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater was limited in Thursday's practice. Um, and my uh, Chrome just crashed. Uh, Tua isn't going to play, if I'm remembering off the top of my head correctly. Oh, boy. My Chrome crashed. All right, let's keep going. Uh, Raheem Mostert did not practice on Thursday. He's got a broken thumb. I don't know if he plays how good he can even be with a broken thumb you know how, yeah. how are you supposed to hold the football right can he hold on to the ball yeah that's the can, just put a club on it yeah <laughs> oh, Jesus. uh teron armstead might not return this season so he's not playing Tua tunga vailoa ruled out with the concussions so that means it's skyler Tomp season. Let's go. Let's go. Remember when uh, I put my remember when I put my foot down about travis Etienne? i'm going to do the opposite about skyler thompson I, I'm putting my foot up in that. I'm putting uh, my uh, foot up. Skylar Thompson will not be in our DFS lineup. That is correct. Mike, can you concur? Well, he is a rookie, so I'm expecting a lot out of him. Get him out of here. Isaiah McKenzie did not practice on Thursday with a hamstring injury. His availability is in doubt. Uh, big news. Uh, Cole Beasley was signed to the 53-man roster, so he'll be available for one target in the playoffs. Good for uh, him. <laughs> Jamison Crowder's 21 day practice window opened, but he's not going to play this weekend. Micah Hyde will not be playing. And of course the biggest news, best news, DeMar Hamlin was discharged from the hospital. Yay. So he has gone home. Well, he was discharged yeah. from Cincy to Buffalo and then he was discharged from the Buffalo hospital. Um, so he's going to go into rehab, but amazing news for a guy that we did not. I mean, there was a moment we were like, is, is he dead on the field? So yeah, uh, amazing news for DeMar Hamlin. Um, all right, Mike, this one's your game. Yeah, so Miami wide receivers against um, Buffalo's secondary, who um, 28th in attempts allowed, 28th worst, but 15th yards, 13th in touchdowns, and 4th in interceptions. Hmm. So it sounds like they're giving up big plays. Is this what I'm hearing? Well, they they give up a lot of passing plays, but they're pretty strict against um, yards allowed uh, or middle of the road, 15th and 13th touchdowns, but very good um, intercepting the ball, fourth and best in the league. It it seems like they try to bait you into throwing downfield and then they intercept you when you do. Yeah. They love baiting, folks. They're master baiter. (laughs) Christ. Come on. (laughs) <laughs> you set it up for me it was right there on a tee like, i hit that thing 450 to dead center I'm sorry <laughs> um so uh i think that it's going to be the buffalo bills defensive backs winning this one because um skylar thompson is gonna press skylar thompson is gonna make stupid mistakes and it doesn't matter that it's jalen waddle or tyreek hill if you can't get him the football so I really think that it could be the the Miami wide receivers win this battle, 
but it's not going to matter because of who their quarterback is. Because uh, Skylar Thompson, I think I comped him to a player who is bad at football. Um, I think that I just punted on giving a comp for him. Yeah, that's fair. Um, he's not good. And yeah, I think Miami's receivers are better than Buffalo's defensive backs. And I think that they will win more one-on-one matchups than they lose. But I don't think Skylar Thompson can get them the ball with any sort of consistency. So it uh, doesn't matter is my verdict. Oh, I comped him to Taylor Heineke. Uh, that is generous. Yeah. Well, I'm not a big t- Taylor Heineke fan, so. Sure. Uh, all right. Uh, Brock Purdy, comp to Nick Mullins. Best fit, San Francisco. Let's go. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Let's go. I comped, I did that before the draft, so I can't get a, oh, Jesus. Um, I was just pulling up my comps. All right. So, Mike, what's your thoughts on this? Miami or Buff- Buffalo? Yeah, I mean, you have great receivers, there's no doubt, in Jalen Waddle, and, of course, Tyreek Hill. Even Mike Kosicki can show up at times. No. Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Not uh, anymore. Everybody was like, oh, Mike Kosicki. I was like, mm, this isn't going to work. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I just I just think that secondary is, is too tough um, when Skylar Thompson is your quarterback. So, you can have the best in the world, the greatest of all time out there. But if you don't have a quarterback that can, you know, hit them on target, then it ain't going to matter. Yeah, it's it's exactly. So we're all on the same page there. So that's why I am taking the Miami Dolphins to get absolutely spanked by the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, this is going to be ugly. Yeah, yeah. Buffalo is going to win and cover, in my opinion. Yeah, this is going to be uh, the I'm <laughs> already. I already carved out, so I'm finishing the Saturday previews tonight, the Sunday previews tomorrow, and I'm like, I will write the Monday night game preview during this uh, this game because I will not be paying attention very much in the second half, I have a feeling. So, all right, let's go on to the next one. Sunday, 1.30 Pacific, the six-seed Giants, who were 9-7-1, and one, traveled to Minnesota, the number three seed, who was the most fraudulent 13-4 and four in existence, 48 and a half point over under Minnesota three point favorites injuries in this one. None for the Giants and for the Vikings. Why do I keep getting pop ups on Roto World? Get your act together, Roto World at Matthew Barry. Come fight me. Uh, Garrett, <laughs> you not there anymore. No, that's where he went. He went to Roto World. Oh, that Roto World is NBC. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Yeah. He's Garrett. Edge. The, the edge. edge. Well, no, it's not the edge. It's NBC Sports Edge. Because the edge is a different thing. It's the guitar. That's the guitarist for you too. Yes. Also, the, also Josh Larkey's tool, which I have up right here. Shout out yes. Josh Larkey. I'm always using it. It's good. It is very good. Did you check out the in the trenches? I think you would really like the in the trenches. I have not looked at that yet. Up at the top, above the thing. It is incredible. Uh, all right, Garrett Bradbury upgraded to full for Thursday's practice. Uh, he's dealing with a back issue. Uh, no injuries in this one um, other than that. So um, <clears throat> my questions, and I'm going to start this off again around the NFL. I heard this on the way home, and I slammed my brakes on the freeway. And I caused a 25-car pileup. Can you guess where the Vikings rank in DVOA this year? 28th. Yeah, I'm going to say probably 30th. Ooh, Walker, once again, the closest. 
Mike, it doesn't matter what it is. Walker's always closest. Yeah, I know. That's why I don't even like trying. <laughs> 27th in DVOA. Folks, they stink. They're, uh, I saw a statistic. Uh, the second lowest uh, point differential for a team that finished the year with at least 13 wins was 96 plus 96. The Vikings are negative three. They scored fewer points than they allowed this year, and they're 13 and four. This is so stupid. I hate the it Minnesota is. Vikings. Yeah, All the right. Vikings of last year. Luckiest team in recent memory. It's it's absolutely out of control. So that having been said, my first question is uh, the Minnesota Vikings pass defense. Uh, not very good. Uh, not very good. Uh, they allow um, the... A ninth most uh, yards per reception in the league at 13.1. They allowed the most receiving yards in the league at 3,266. And the only place that they stopped other uh, wide receivers is they only allowed 13 touchdowns this year, which is tied for 19th most. My question is Minnesota versus or Minnesota secondary versus the Giants wide receiver core. So. Giants wide receiver core in the last five games, Isaiah Hodgins has come on. He is averaging five catches for 50 yards on six and a half targets per game. Uh, Darius Slayton only played three snaps uh, against the Eagles. But uh, prior to that, um, in the seven games prior to that, he's also averaging four catches for 57 yards. So not a stud among them, but a very strong wide receiver core, I would say. Quietly, despite the names, they've just been quietly productive. So my question is, who wins the uh, Minnesota pass defense, which is okay and not very good, or the Giants wide receiver core, which is traditionally not very good, but has been better lately? I'm going to go with the Giants receivers. I think I like how Hodgins has been playing lately. Um, Richie James has been doing decently well in the slot as well. Yeah, that's who I missed. Richie James, uh, six and a half catches, 67 yards per game. Sorry. Yeah, and the Vikings don't have very good slot defense. Um, I also think Darius Slayton's speed can stretch Minnesota's defense and allow for more underneath stuff to both Hodgins and James. Um, you know, maybe even Daniel Bellinger gets a little involved in this one. So I, I the Giants receiver core is certainly not impressive on paper, and I wouldn't even necessarily say they're that impressive on the field. But I think that Brian Dable runs a good scheme that gets them open consistently. And I think that these receivers are good enough to uh, take advantage of the spaces that they'll be given. Yeah, when you're the worst in the league at something, it's kind of like doesn't matter who's uh, the opposing side. And as Walker pointed out, these guys are kind of solid. I mean, James has been solid. Uh, Slayton and pretty much all they do, they don't produce much. Um, in fact, uh, Richie James leads the team in touchdowns with just four. Hey. Um, and he's tied with Hodgins um, with, of course, four. So they they don't do much out in the field. 70 receptions is is also leading the team by Richie James. So I don't I don't expect a lot of fireworks out of this team, but they're just solid and solid is going to be, you know, soft every single time. That's right. Solid does beat soft every time. And that's why we're brought to you by BlueChew.com. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised neither one of you brought this up. They played just a few weeks ago. 
Here's what the and wide they played receivers played a few weeks ago. Yeah, here's what the wide receivers did. Richie James, eight for ninety. Isaiah Hodgins, eight for eighty-nine and a touchdown. Darius Slayton, seven or four for seventy-nine. They're going to feast against this Miami or Miami, Minnesota pass defense because it stinks. It's terrible. Allowed the second most fantasy points per or yeah, per game, also on the year, to slot wide receivers, to Walker's point. Um, guess who was worst? Uh against slot receivers? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Was it the Lions? It was the Lions. <laughs> yeah. We didn't really have a designated slot corner like all year. Yeah. It was kind of like how baseball, some baseball teams handle designated hitter. It's like, all right, now you go in the slot. Like, excuse yeah. me, what? It was, I guess, Will Harris was the guy who played there the most, which is concerning. <laughs> which is not good. All right. My next question is, who wins, Dalvin Cook or this Giants run defense? So the uh, Giants this year, they allowed 5.2 yards per carry, uh, which was second in the NFL, tied with the Texans, who we picked on all year long in fantasy. Um, they allowed the, uh, let's see, the, sorry, my stuff keeps scratching, second fewest receiving yards. So that is something to think about for uh, running backs is that uh, they do generally do a pretty good stop job of limiting targets to the position, though when they do catch the football, third in the league in yards per reception. So it's kind of a like, we will stop you from catching the football, but once you catch it, there's nothing we can do to stop you. <laughs> <laughs> that is not my jurisdiction. Yeah. Look, man, that's above my pay grade. I was told to let you not catch the football, not tackle you after you did catch the football. Uh, yeah, I, I, did, I I failed my one job. I'm not going to fail another one that I'm yeah. not even assigned. It's like, let's be clear. Uh, I only failed once, and that was allowing you to catch the football. But Dalvin Cook has been uh, just okay lately. So, against, yeah, against these Giants, uh, 14 for 64 back in week 16, uh, 3 for 13 on the ground. But um, I like to do the last five games. Last five games – Fit 49 yards rushing, 28 yards receiving, um, only touching the ball about 16 times per game. Now, this could be the 16 times per game, them limiting his touches because they knew they were going to the playoffs. Because before that point, he was averaging 16 carries and two receptions. So it could have down throttled him. But at the same time, he wasn't very good with his touches. So who wins? Dalvin Cook or the New York Giants rush defense? I think Cook gets the win here just barely, um, just because the Giants' run defense is quite leaky. And I still think Cook has some juice left. He's not the player he used to be, but he's still not bad. Uh, I think he's good enough to take advantage of, uh, um, you know, what the Giants give him, which is going to be quite a bit. Uh, their interior defensive linemen are better at rushing the passer than stuffing the run. You know, Dexter Lawrence is the best interior, probably the best nose tackle at pressuring the quarterback uh, in the league. But, yeah, it hasn't translated in terms of run defense. So I'll say Cook has a decently efficient game, probably gets in the end zone once. Um, yeah, I, I think that uh, I think he'll be just fine. Okay. Mike? Yeah, what's really kind of interesting is that Minnesota loves to throw the ball comparable to run. Um, 
they they throw the third most in the league, but when it comes to running, they're 28th worst. So in the playoffs, you kind of do want to control control the clock. And with as bad as Minnesota is, we're talking like Chargers bad against the run. I can see Dalvin Cook really controlling the ball and the clock here. So I'm going to go with Dalvin Cook with the win. All right. I'm going to go with uh, Dalvin Cook for the win just because um, – he can't be this bad. He's still he's still decently good, and it's like the Giants are they're good at stopping the the run, but I kind of feel like they're almost gonna sell out to make sure Justin Jefferson doesn't stop them. Like or like I still remember a couple years ago in the Niners Vikings playoff game. No, I'm sorry, the Niners Vikings regular season game because the playoff game uh, Justin Jefferson wasn't there yet. The Niners were just like, all right, everybody not named Justin Jefferson is going to beat us. And there was a play where I was I was watching because where I sit, I can see it. They like every defender broke towards Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen had a wide open touchdown. So I have a feeling they're going to sell out to try to stop Justin Jefferson. And that'll give Dalvin Cook a little bit more breathing room. But it doesn't matter because the Giants are winning this football game because the Vikings are frauds. It took a 61-yard last-second field goal for the Giants to lose last time. That's not going to happen again. Upset of the weekend. Uh, Actually, not even that big of an upset. Three-point favorites. But uh, uh, Giants take down Minnesota on the road. Yeah, I got Minnesota. I'll go with the Giants. Woo! No no shoot promo, speech walker. You're just... I'll, I'll go with the Giants. Yeah, nice. the, I think the uh, I think the Giants are going to win this football game. You heard it here first, folks. Walker, can he say that? <laughs> you guys I'm are putting your faith in Daniel Jones. No, I'm, I'm putting, putting my, my faith in uh, not the Vikings. I'm putting <laughs> my faith in Brian Dable and Saquon Barkley and Daniel Bellinger. All right. <laughs> Next game up, uh, this one, Baltimore at Cincinnati. This one, I got a push notification today at work, and I went, oh, my God. Uh, uh, Lamar Jackson, no guarantee to play. But first, Baltimore, 6 seed, travels to Cincinnati, 3 seed. Baltimore, 10 and 7. Cincy, 12 and 4, 42 point over under. Cincy, 7.5 point favorites. As I mentioned, Lamar Jackson, not sure if he's going to play this weekend. He tweeted out that there's still inflammation and it remains unstable, it being his knee. Uh, more good news, though. Tyler Huntley was limited in practice. Um, so <laughs> more Tony Brown? I guess. Yeah, sure. Ugh. Gross. All right. Uh, Gus Edwards returned to Ravens practice on Thursday. Uh, he was dealing with a concussion. Um, Brandon Stevens uh, had an illness. Oh, my God. I didn't even realize this. He went to the hospital, but he was released from the hospital. And the Ravens extended Roquan Smith to a five-year deal. So uh, making good use of that uh, that trade. T. Higgins was practicing Thursday despite having bubble guts. Alex Kappa will not be playing this weekend. That is their right guard, they being Cincinnati. Um, and that is it for the Cincinnati Bengals. Walker, what's your mm-hmm. question? Who wins in this uh, elite matchup on the outside, Jamar Chase or Marlon Humphrey? Ooh, mm. that's a great matchup. That is a great matchup. And I like how Mike and I both were like, all right, let's uh, let's pontificate and hope the other one answers first. <laughs> uh, in the first matchup, 
Marlon Humphrey allow uh covered Jamar Chase 57% of the time and allowed three catches for 22 yards. Dang. On three targets though. Okay. So, well, I think I would still consider that a win for Humphrey. I would I, w- I would as well. Last time they played, Marlon Humphrey did not play uh play up against Jamar Chase. He shadowed T. Higgins half the time and allowed two catches for twenty-seven yards. So with that in mind, I mean I think that uh the Bengals are also very smart on offense. So they'll say, All right, well, Marlon Humphrey, you can shut down Jamar Chase. That's fine. We'll use T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon to beat you instead. And Hayden Hurst. So I think that this is going to be a game where they almost sacrifice Jamar Chase to Marlon Humphrey because guess what? They will still smash the Ravens this week. So I think that Marlon Humphrey wins this one, but again, I don't think it matters. I agree. I mean, it's not going to matter because who's the quarterback for for the Ravens? Um, Tony Brown. Tony Brown. Looks like it's going to be Anthony Brown, unfortunately. And then number two, um, yeah, they they can sacrifice Jamar Chase to Marlon Humphrey because they have T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd. So, yeah, yeah, I think Marlon Humphrey is the winner here. Fun fact, Tony Brown, the name of the bassist in Boston. Cool. That's not true, but it sounds true, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. (laughs) Sounds like the, yeah, the bassist in Boston. So, all right, uh... Next question, Walker. Another uh, pass defense uh, yeah. focus question. Who wins, Mark Andrews or the Cincinnati defense? Um, I mean, how? Let me ask this: How can it be Mark Andrews? Yeah. Well, you know, he has a long history of being productive. Uh, that's true. He he did have one good game in the last two months. See. Boston. <laughs> he's on a roll <laughs> his last game was good that's no, right I, th- I think it's a situation where um actually you know what screw it mark andrews is gonna have a good game I- i'm allowing it i'm gonna allow it to happen mark andrews will have a good game uh the first time they played eight for 89 um i'm very confused why is there only one baltimore cincinnati matchup in this box score Mark, oh, Mark Andrews missed the second one. I forgot Mark Andrews missed a game. Okay, yeah. So, I, uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be the Cincinnati defense because I don't think Mark Andrews is going to get any, you know, hardly any good targets from Anthony Brown. Um, Cincinnati's defense is pretty good. Louis Marino does a good job coordinating them. Um, they have solid coverage linebackers. They have good safeties. Uh, I, I just. I don't think they're going to give him much space and I don't think he's going to get anything from his quarterback. Yeah, that's the, the, the toughest thing, but Cincinnati is not good against pass. I mean, they're at the bottom half of the league, 24th and 23rd in attempts and yards. Uh, they don't give up much touchdowns, but Mark Andrews, I, I'm, he's got to throw it to someone. Um, so I'm going to go with Mark Andrews with the win here. Okay. Uh, I think we've all made it clear that the Cincinnati Bengals are going to smash. Yeah. Yeah. If if Anthony Brown plays Cincinnati is going to win by a bunch. If Tyler Huntley plays Cincinnati is going to win by less, but still win by a good amount. 
by uh, one to two scores. Woo! So 11 points. Something like that, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, now it's time for Monday Night Football, the Alien versus Predator game, because whoever wins, we lose. Either we keep hearing about Tom Brady or we keep hearing about the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas 12 and 5. It's let's be clear, we're going to keep hearing about the Dallas Cowboys. Uh Dallas is 12 and 5. They traveled to Tampa Bay who is 8 and 9. They were the least bad team in the NFC South, so they get to host a home game. 45 and a half point over under Dallas 2 and a half point favorites. Injuries in this one. Uh Tyler Badass practiced in full on Thursday. I'm never going to learn how to say his name properly. Uh Leighton Vanderish also practiced on Wednesday. Um, and that is it for the Cowboys. For the Buccaneers, Carlton Davis dealing with a shoulder injury seems to be fully recovered and will be good to go. Julio Jones uh, was seen practicing on Thursday. I don't know why this report is set up like like a Sasquatch sighting. <laughs> this guy, we, we, <laughs> we spotted Julio Jones <laughs> doing clandestine operations on the practice facility. Yeah, they had a, a tier one operator just like parked outside with a sniper rifle, just looking and like, oh, uh, we, we have a visual on Julio Jones. All right, uh, let's get into this game. Mike, this is also your game. And this is a very interesting question to start with. Yeah, who wins, uh, Dak Prescott or Tom Brady? I mean, it, it's got to be Dak, right? I mean, Dallas is incredibly good uh, on defense. Granted, they've they've as Micah Parsons has been banged up lately, they've been worse against opposing quarterbacks. They allowed the 22nd fewest uh, fantasy points per game to the position. Not a be all end all, but Tampa Bay 16th, um, you know, in terms of passing yards. <clears throat> the uh, Buccaneers were 23rd, but the um, Cowboys were 24th. So it's like. Kind of even there. Um, but here's the thing. Uh, Tom Brady has been bad. And do you know why he's been bad? Because his defensive line is terrible. I'm sorry, his offensive line is terrible. His defensive line is good. But his offensive line is terrible. And the Cowboys have the highest pressure rate in the NFL. 40% of pass rush snaps, the Cowboys get pressure. They are going to feast on Tom Brady. The Buccaneers are all the way down here at 23rd at 31% pressure rate. Yeah, I think the I, I'm going to say that uh, there, there's there's a good possibility that this is Tom Brady's last game because Dallas just beats the will out of him. Yeah, uh, I, I I know Tampa won 19 to three the first time these two teams played, but I don't see Dallas's offense being that incompetent for a full game again. And. I don't think Tampa can protect. I, I just don't think they're going to be able to hold up against uh, uh, against Dallas's defense. So I think Tampa's D will be solid. I think this is an under game for sure. But Prescott will have a better game than Brady because he'll be upright more often. Yeah, just by the way, that 19-3 game, also the game that uh, Dak Prescott got hurt. So uh, as long as he stays upright, yeah, I don't see that happening again. Mike? Yeah, I, I think that uh, a, a lot more pressure is probably on Prescott than it is on Brady in this situation, just because if the Cowboys should lose, then it's going to be pretty much turmoil for for them as a team and as a quarterback and, you know, 
all that drama that people like to, oh, he can't win the big one, can't win playoff game, all that kind of stuff, where Tom Brady, if he loses, then it's like, okay, he's, what, 58 years old, so who cares? <laughs> um, and I I think that uh, Prescott actually wins this this just because they are the better team, in my opinion. Therefore, Brady gets the loss. That's right. I mean, I think Walker's right that if Tom Brady literally finishes the season broken and bloody, just like he did last year, literally bleeding on the field, I can't see a, a world where he wants to come back to that. Um, you know, he gave everything for this one last year, and he's going to go out at home after going eight and nine um, like a chump. All right, Mike, what is your next question? The last question for this week. My, the last question of the week is Tampa Bay's ground game, which is just awful. 30 seconds in almost every category. There's the worst team in every category or almost every category. And the, the Cowboys, they, um, you know, they, they can't really stop the run. Uh, they 16th in in attempts, but just they just get blown out whenever someone does run the ball against them. So I wonder if that might be due to rushing quarterbacks or because I'm seeing against running backs, they're allowing 4.2 yards per carry, which is middle of the road. So I'm wondering if that is uh, rushing quarterbacks are skewing those numbers. Yeah, it's possible. It, yeah. my, the numbers I got are pretty holistic. So, yeah, it, it's very well possible. Uh, but you are 100 percent correct. They don't run the ball with their running backs. They're. Last in the league in rushing yards for running backs. They're second in the league in receptions from running backs. Second in the league in receiving yards from running backs. This is a team that does not run the football. I don't know how you can win if you're terrible at or win this matchup that you posited, Mike, if you're that bad at running the football. I mean, the Buccaneers stink at this. Yeah, they're really bad. (laughs) I I mean, you cut Ronald Jones, you don't get appreciably better. I mean, come on. That tells you how bad they are. So I'm going to go with the uh, Dallas Cowboys uh, run defense is going to win this one. I will. Yeah, I I will agree. I I think that Tampa's just not particularly great at running the ball. Um, You know, they don't get consistent, uh, consistent production in terms of running the ball with their running backs. I think throwing to the running backs will probably be more fruitful. Um, which is really an extension of the run game, especially on a Brady team. But yeah, I, I would expect Fournette and White to probably combine for double-digit targets. Uh, I I just don't I don't see them getting you know four and a half yards of carry or something like that on the ground. I would expect more like three point eight. Okay. All right. So that's the preview. Mike Walker, are you ready for our playoff tradition? Yes, let's do it. Let's get this. Uh, uh, make make a DFS lineup, and as we know, DFS stands for uh, dope fucking shit. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, Walker. This is not a Patreon episode, and I yeah. will not be editing this. My bad. <laughs> My bad. All right, so we are going to make this lineup on FanDuel because uh, that is the one that is permanently logged in on my computer and DraftKings makes me do two-factor authentication, so I won't be doing that. So where do you two want to start? Do you want to start uh, at a particular position? Do you want to start with a particular player? I said that we need to put Travis Etienne in our lineup. 
ETN is the seventh, or I'm sorry, sixth most expensive running back, 7,100 bucks. Do you both agree that we should put Travis ETN in there? Yes. Yes. All right. Um, so there's some decent uh, budget running backs. I see Tony Pollard, 6,900. Uh, nice. Devin, nice. Devin Singletary, 6,200. Uh, James Cook, 5,900. Uh, do you want to come back to this position? Yeah, See, I think we can come back to running back for now. Yeah, I think we can find some value. So, Mike, is there a wide receiver that you kind of uh, – you were drawn to this weekend? That's a tough question. Um, maybe um, Diggs. Stefan Diggs? All right, so Stefan Diggs, third most expensive wide receiver. Walker, do you think that we can do this with Stefan Diggs in our lineup? I mean, the only thing I worry about is that Buffalo might not be throwing the whole game. Yeah. Yeah. But if they're so if they're but if they're not throwing the whole game, it's because they're absolutely beating the brakes off the Miami Dolphins, which means Stefan Diggs had a big game. That's true, and I mean, he still is the most likely guy to catch a touchdown from Josh Allen, and you know Allen's going to throw at least one touchdown, probably more than that. So, yeah, I I don't have any problem with putting Diggs in the lineup. All right, so I got to pick a running back. Walker got to pick – I'm sorry, Mike got to pick a wide receiver. So, Walker, you want to pick a quarterback, a tight end, or do you want to pick a stack? You want to find a quarterback uh, receiver stack that you like? Hmm. Um, let me look at the quarterbacks. So what are, what do we have here for prices? All right. We got Josh Allen, 9,200 Joe, Joseph Robinette Burrow, 8,000 Justin Herbert, 7,800 Lamar Jackson, the same Trevor Lawrence, 7,700, uh, Kirk Cousins, 75, Daniel Jones, 74, Dak, 73, Brock Purdy, 7,100, Geno Smith, 6,900 below Tua, who is not playing, <laughs> Tom Brady, 6,800, and then we get into guys that, uh, if you choose them, I will kick you off the podcast. Skylar Thompson, Tony Brown, Tyrod Taylor, C.J. Beathard. Yeah, that's entirely fair. Um, It's going to sound weird, but because Minnesota's defense is bad, uh, I'm thinking a Daniel Jones stack with... So we can see which receiver. Here, let's look at the receivers pricing yeah. for this game. So okay. Hodgins, 64, Richie James, 61, Darius Slayton, 58, or Chaos Mode, Kenny Galladay, 5,300. <laughs> wow. Be, won't be doing any of that. Uh, I would say that, I mean, you said James has been the most productive lately. Yeah, he has been. And Minnesota's bad against nickel. So, yeah, go James. Richie James in our DFS lineup. All right. So we got the chaos lineup of Daniel Jones, Travis Etienne, Stefan Diggs, and Richie James. All right. So tight end. Oh, I have to filter this. So tight ends this weekend. We got Kittle, Hawkinson, Andrews, Schultz, Ingram, Dawson, Knox, uh, Gerald Everett, Noah Fance. Um, I'm going to go Homer. I'm picking the tight end. I'm going to go Homer. Because the Seattle Seahawks are terrible against tight ends. George Kittle scored two touchdowns last weekend. He has become a touchdown scoring force with Brock Purdy. He has 11 on the year. I just want to see if this has, it does not have, oh, here's his game log. He has 
two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven touchdowns in his last four games, uh, including going four for 93 with two touchdowns against the last time they played Seattle. So I will, we're going to spend up on George Kittle uh, and I'm going to kneecap us. He's doing the, the exact opposite as he did last year. Last year, he didn't do anything at the end of the season. This year, he's doing it all. Yeah, he is doing it all. He's he's the man. Uh, and uh, shout out to, uh, so my wife's cousin, I told you both, got me a George Kittle Iowa jersey for Christmas. Uh-huh. Nice. Shout out to the drunk guy trying to yell at me for wearing a Steelers jersey to the 49ers <laughs> game. <laughs> Until my buddy, oh, I wasn't even paying attention, and I just hear my buddy next to me go, "It's a Kittle Iowa jersey," and I like look up, and the guy's like looking at me, and I just turn around and I go thumbs to the jersey on the back, <laughs> and he's like, he goes, "All right, I got you." It's like, dude, calm down. All oh, right, geez. all right, where should we go now? So we've got fifty-seven hundred bucks per player remaining. When I get this low, I like to pick a defense, so I know exactly what I actually have. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. Um. Where should we go? Uh, I mean, I personally, it looks like Cincinnati is one of the cheaper options there, and they're playing Anthony Brown. Yeah, they're third, actually. I had them sorted by, I think, fantasy points per game. Oh, so they're okay. third, but that's can still... Sort, can you sort them by cost for me? I did, just oh. now. All right, so the cheapest is Miami. Don't do that. Seattle, Baltimore, the Giants, Jags, Chargers, Buccaneers, Vikings, Cowboys, Bengals, Niners, Bills. That's in order. Um, if we so if we choose the Bengals, we still have sixty two hundred dollars per player. Um, bad. Yeah, let's do. I mean, yeah, let's go with that. That's fine. All right, Mike, do you agree? Yeah, that's not bad. I like. That. All right, we could change it later if we have more money to. Ex- yeah, exactly. So, um. Mike, let's go back to you. Do you want to pick a running back, wide receiver, or a flex? Ah, flex uh, doesn't. I'll do flex. Either one, it's fine. We're running well, back. Well, all right. <clears throat> let's see. Um, pick pick a player, and then I will put them in their particular position. That'll give us more flexibility later. So, okay. all right, it's about sixty two hundred per player. Um, some guys in that range. We got. Let's see. Um, uh, Brandon Ayuk, sixty seven. J.K. Dobbins, sixty six. Same with Walker, uh, Josh Palmer, 65, Leonard Fournette, 64, Hodgins, 64, Zay Jones, 63, Thielen, 63, um, uh, Devin Singletary, 62, KJ Osborne, 61. Then we got like Jeff Wilson, Rashad White, Tyler Boyd, James Cook, Darius Slayton, all in that area. Andre DeAndre Carter. Um, is there a game that speaks to you, Mike? Um, yeah, probably either. Minnesota or um, Buffalo, either one of those, I think, are going to be. So here, here's my idea with the Buffalo game. I think they're going to be running the ball a lot because I think they're going to be ahead. And Miami's not very good at stopping the run. So I think that James Cook might be able to break off a couple long runs. And he's not a very expensive option. All right, Walker chose James Cook at running back. I will let Mike. I'm in the wrong game. There we go. I will let Mike continue. James Cook, 5,900. I agree with Walker, though. That is a good call. So, yeah. Mike, you're still on the board. 6,300 to work with now. Can you uh, walk? 
maybe, but that 49er defense is just insane. Um, So, God, Kenny Walker is probably the best that looks like uh, Rashad White, maybe. I would Uh, rather do Fournette than White, honestly. Or Fournette. Yeah. They're they're only a few hundred dollars apart, and Walker going with James Cook did save us that money. So, I just, I, I don't think, I think you're, you know, I, I just don't see the upside really for Kenneth. I guess he could break off a really long run, but I, it just doesn't seem likely against the best defense in football. Right. That's what I'm struggling with. Um, or do we got the worst running offense in football and Fournette and. Um, right. I, I just think they'll get a lot of dump offs and such, but I mean, uh, what's, a what's Pollard's price? Tony Pollard is no, there's no way he's that low. Uh, he is sixty nine hundred. Nice. Oh yeah. Um, and how much is Ken Walker? Sixty six. Well, for three hundred dollars, I feel like Pollard is a pretty significant upgrade. You know. Well, this is Mike's choice. So, Mike, which player do you want to choose? And then Walker, you get to pick a wide receiver. All right, fair. I mean, I think Walker makes a good point, but I'd rather go with someone that I know is going to get a full-time position at it, so I'll go with Kenny Walker. All right. I was going to say, don't let them bu- don't let them uh, bully you. <laughs> I'm bullied. All right, Walker, wide receiver. You got 6100 bucks left. So okay. here's who you're working with. Uh, Kyler. Kyler. I mixed K.J. Osborne and Tyler Boyd. K.J. Osborne, Tyler Boyd, Darius Slayton, DeAndre Carter, Michael Gallup, Demarcus Robinson, and then it kind of falls off a cliff. You still have chaos mode, Kenny Galladay. Uh, Julio Jones was spotted. Don't forget that. <laughs> he was spotted <laughs> at practice. Uh, uh, T.Y. Hilton. No. T.Y. Hilton. Oh. Um, can you click K.J. Osborne? Uh-oh. Go to his game log. Kev's getting super excited, and he doesn't know why. Uh, KG Osborne's had good fantasy days three out of the last four weeks. Yeah, what? Well, so I can't read the points there. Okay, so uh, 14, this is going back in time. 14.2, 15.4, 3.2, Yeah, I mean, he's got upside. Um I think he's kind of taking over as the number two receiver for Thielen. Uh, this is a team that throws the ball a ton. I I think that Osborne is a pretty good play. All right. Kyler Johnson Osborne. Yeah, that's it. All right. Lineup is locked in. I spent $1 to see Woo! how this goes. Uh our lineup, Daniel Dines-Jones, 7,400. Travis Etienne, 7,100. James Cook, 5,900. Stefan Diggs, 8,600. Richie James, 6,100. Uh, KJ Osborne, also 6,100. Wow, why do they have to have so many cheap players in that lineup? Well, Jeff kneecapped everybody with the $7,700 <laughs> George Kittle, which is why I stopped. Which is why I stopped picking players, because I felt bad. <laughs> Uh, Kenneth Walker, 6,600, and the Cincinnati Bengals defense, which will probably be a popular one, 4,500 bucks. So we'll see how that does this weekend, and we'll see how everybody does this weekend in 
the playoffs. Playoffs? 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 I will be soaked to a bone, but I will be very happy. So, for Mike and Walker, this is Jeff. Thanks for listening. Take care and have a good one. Bye.